0: All right. Good evening. Thank you so much for everybody being a part of this AYP group. Uh, I don't know who is here for the first time, but my name is Christopher Finley. I am one of the leaders, representatives who represents the Texas, New York area for AYP. Um, And the whole purpose of AYP groups is we designed a space where we can live together with other young professionals And even if we're separated by thousands of miles away, we still could come together in these small group settings and we can share uh, just the love of Christ with each other, ideas. And just, it was all designed for us to connect. So this is the first time you being a part of an AYP group. We welcome you and uh, we just thank you for being here. Also, for those of you that want to just get more of a daily devotional. We also have daily devotionals throughout the week and you can find that at at Professionals.org. and all you do is you go to the section, you scroll to the top of the website and you click the devotional slide and you'll see from Mondays all the way to Fridays, I believe, all you have to do is type in your email address, enter in your information, and you'll you'll be informed of all the amazing devotionals that are going on throughout the week. And if you need any more uh, information on that, you can speak to my brother, Tim. His name is Adventist Young. You will just see pro, but you'll see the little YP logo there. So he is uh, the founder of Adventist, Youth Young, Adventist Young Professionals. And he came up with this idea, and we thank you so much for being here. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. Thank you all for joining us. So we started last week, and we talked about just – What is the foundation of a sermon? And we we opened up the conversation about why having a Christ-centered sermon is so important. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to share my screen. And we're going to go into the second conversation of this week. All right. This is Photoshop. All right. Let's go to this. Present. Okay. so every week we'll be meeting here at the same time, uh, 6 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock Eastern, and this week we're going to be talking about preparing the heart for the sermon, preparing the heart for the sermon. So what I want to do is just open up the floor for everybody, and what do you think about when it comes to preparing the heart, your heart for the sermon, what comes to mind? And you could turn on your mic and answer. What comes to mind when you think about that? Preparing your heart for the sermon. For me, I okay.
1: think it's. Uh, a... Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. I'll just real quick. Uh, but you can go ahead.
2: No, uh, I was about to say, uh, you have to to start. You know, you no, know, having some fasting, and then you know, you no, know, to confess your sin, and then at this time, the spirit of God, you ask the spirit of God to be in your heart and then to help you You by uh, dictating you what really is uh, you have to say, you have to write. That's all I say, I think.
0: I don't me, know uh, if I'm clear. No, no,
2: 100%. Okay, thank you.
1: Just real quick, uh, Chris, for me, I would just kind of echo that and to build on that, I would say that I would for me, preparing for a message is is praying for what God wants me to say and kind of leading me to where um uh, what I need to 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 share for the group that i'm going to be ministering to like lead me in the in the words to speak for the needs of the people i'll be speaking to so it's 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 praying and for me you know get into a place of prayer Lord lead me to the scriptures I need to read and to prepare for the for the people that i'm going to be speaking to and uh, he'll always lead me in the direction and give me a word for those people and they'll say oh i need to hear that because that's what i'm going through so that's what i do what do i need to preach or speak for the people i'm ministering to amen amen any other ideas
3: preparing the
0: heart you mean personally well, just everything we do when it comes to before we like, yeah, personally preparing the heart for the sermon, like the preparation before you even get into preparing the sermon or anything. How do we prepare our hearts for that?
3: Okay. I guess you'd have to be willing to listen, to be open.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Don. So we just have a few touch points. There's so much to share when it comes to this topic. We could, we could, we could speak hours on this. So we're going to try to uh, fill as much meaningful conversation that we can have in these next 45 minutes. Of course, this is a conversation we can have for so long. How do we actually prepare the heart for the sermon? But these were some of the touch points that I wanted to try our best to cover during this call. Number one, seeking God. And then we could kind of discuss the, the question, what's the purpose of seeking God before we preach? Number two, confession. Why should we confess our sins before we prepare our sermon? Surrender. What's the significance of humbly surrendering before God? Number four, authenticity. Why should we only preach what we are living in our lives? Number five, this is a very important thing that I got from my uh, deep in the mind from social media what's the significance of the mind from social media time management how do we manage our time when preparing for a sermon and instead asking God for wisdom why is it important to seek wisdom from God so as we go I want to um I, I did a survey because we have a small uh, group on Facebook and we did a survey and we asked how do you prepare your proper sermon? And I just want to give real, like, practical advice. Uh, from Dr. Mike Campbell at Southwestern University, he says, I think the whole sermon should be like, I like praying, pray we're going for a walk. And, I, and it gives me some time to focus and have a conversation with God. I'm sure everyone does it differently, but the whole process begins in prayer. The whole process should being again I'm just gonna shoot out some boats and then we can recap and kind of say how these things hit us. Number two from um Let's, see. let's go to remorse. Also, times of silence. I'm that one of the ways God prepares our hearts is the solitude. And silence alone with him, he reveals his message. He reveals the obstacles in our life that can hinder his message. Okay? I like that. And then we'll go over two more We'll Open up the discussion. Step away from my sermon notes. Ask myself how. Ask myself how is Chubby not hearing Christopher this happening to anyone else? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in Mexico right now. So if I need to repeat something, um, I will repeat it for you guys. I'm, I'm so sorry because I'm mean i on Mexico Wi-Fi. So please be a little patient. If you need me to repeat something, I'd be more than happy to repeat it.
4: Yeah, could you repeat Number five. what I last said? Because it was choppy for a moment. It wasn't coming in too clear.
0: All right. So uh, what I last said was talking about, let's see. Christopher Morris, he says uh, also times of silence are crucial. I'm a firm believer that one of the ways God prepares our hearts is through solitude and silence, alone with him. He reveals his message. He reveals the obstacles obstacles in our life that can hinder the message, which is very powerful. I asked myself how the core messages have shown up in my own life. Pray, walk in nature, and listen to music. Joshua Abba, I either walk or drive around clearing my mind, praying for forgiveness for the Holy Spirit to show me what the message for his people and is. Then I continue do walking or driving and listen to hear the message God has for his people and me. So what, what, what I did with this was trying to kind of get some practical ways. And these are pastors. These are uh, spiritual leaders. These are people just giving practical ways in a faithful, just open discussion of how do they pr- prepare their hearts for a sermon. One of the ones that stuck out, to me was driving around. I never thought about the concept of actually driving around and talking to God preparing for a sermon. And then the other one was with Christopher Morris, who I've heard him preach many times and i have been blessed. He talked about the fact that he sat down in silence. So what are your thoughts? Like, Do you agree with these concepts? Did any of these stood out to you? Or what's one practical way that that you may do in your process of preparing for a sermon?
5: Something that stood out to me was the silence. Um, uh, I feel like when I, when it's time for me to commune with God, to actually spend time with him, pray and read his word, but I still wait to hear what he has for me. And I need to be like, I need to be away from like TV, social media, um, all types of distractions. That's very helpful to hear God's voice. So
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amen. Anyone
3: else? It's a question that may be a little bit controversial. Does um sometimes I wonder if sometimes as I study if I'm being biased by material that I have sometime like sometimes like this lesson is dealing with I guess um scriptures and sometimes we use a lot of reference material that isn't scripture but is pointed to it and based on our faith it leads us down certain paths that normal people wouldn't have so it only applies to us when we discuss things
0: Mm. Mm. yeah well well i i completely agree with you in the context that we are using reference materials or resource materials, but everything that we believe should be backed up by the scripture. We should have some some scripture or some reference to back that up. Right. Mm-hmm. So the whole process, like if we if we continue to like direct the conversation, the whole process is coming down to we need wisdom. We need a source of wisdom. When it comes to preparing our sermon and to actually speak to God's people, history, and who better to get that wisdom from than God Himself? And I found this: if you if we have our Bibles, get turn our Bibles to Exodus 35, 35 and I actually found this scripture when it came to Israel and just wisdom when it came to building the sanctuary, many different things that God had them uh, construct. And I found it interesting that it says, he has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver and the designer and the tapestry maker in blue, purple and scarlet thread and fine linen and of the weaver, those who do every work and those who design artistic works. And we see that when it comes to these things that God is calling us to do, whether it's work on his sanctuary, fulfill our callings God has the wisdom that we need and God will instill us with the wisdom that we need and God will fill our hearts with that wisdom so one call to action that we have is can God can God fill our hearts with the wisdom to design the sermon and the answer is of course yes yes so I believe first and foremost before we go and start planning our sermon one part of uh, preparing our hearts is coming humbly to God And knowing that he has all wisdom that we need for this. And then we go and we uh, speak on Jeremiah 29, 13. And you shall seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. Now we talk about the process of actually seeking God. Without the strong definition of seek, we know that means to search out by any method, specifically in worship or prayer. So this is talking about seeking God when it comes to prayer. And it, it says these keywords to strive after. So it's kind of in a place where we're striving after God with all of our strength because we know that he has everything that we need to fill the people, to give the people that meat, that bread of life that we're going to open up to them. And then we look at the second part of uh, the scripture where it says, and find me. And, that, and if we look into the definition, it's meaning to come forth to, to prepare what like God will really exist when we are seeking him With all of our heart He will give us that wisdom we need And then all Just all of the whole Any, each, every, anything So as we open it up To just conversation If we think about this scripture Where it says And you shall seek me and find me When you, when you search for me With all your heart How does that speak to you When it comes to preaching? or the preparation of preaching?
2: Can everyone hear me now?
3: Yeah. Yeah. What was your question again?
0: The question is, when it comes to Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, and ye shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, how, the, how, how can we take the concept when it comes to preparing for an actual sermon? Jeremiah 29,
3: 13. Let's see.
6: So wait, wait, your question is, how does that apply to us preparing for the sermon? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, so, well, I was um, listening to a sermon and he was, um, this pastor was saying like, seek. Seek is, it is a really strong definition. And when he was um, comparing it to, to when we lose our phone, we don't only look for it and like expect it to come out, right? We have to seek. We have to dig in. Really, like, we start, like, panicking. Where is it? Where is it? So he was saying that it should be the same thing when um, we seek the Lord through prayer. And how does that um, prepare us? Well, when you yep. seek so much of the Lord, you are, you're not only, like, like, seeking um, to know, like, um, his will, but you are able to hear his voice because you spend so much time in trying to find um what he wants you to what kind of message he wants you to deliver for your sermon and so that will really help you with with that that's that's what i got to say
0: okay yeah, that's amazing any other thoughts when it comes to seeking god from the concept of jeremiah 29:13 when it comes to preparing for our sermons
3: Well, I guess that whatever we're looking for, we'll find, I guess. So if we create an environment of looking for faith, we'll find scriptures that will confirm that we're faithful. Mm-hmm. Where I guess if we're looking for health or hope, we look for scriptures that give up the same thing
0: okay okay you um from from my experience one of the one of the greatest things I get experience is actually preaching, and you're up there preaching, and the whole room pauses, and it's as if your mouth is moving, and at the same time you're praying and you're talking to God. I don't know if any of you have experienced, I'm pretty sure you have. But it's kind of like, wow, you know, it's a divine power. You know, it's not you. And then in the end, people are saying, wow, you're like, God spoke to me through your sermon. And you're wondering, like, what did I say? Because I don't even remember what I said. You know, and 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 that's one of the most blessed things to experience because at this point it's it's kind of like wow you understand that there's a divine power working. And when it comes to the concept of seeking, when we say we are seeking, we are seeking for that presence of God. We are seeking for the Holy Spirit. We are seeking that these words are not our own, but it's God using us or speaking through us to deliver the message that He has for His children. So when it comes to the process, like. We, we catered the conversations in these first two calls to be the first call. We, we rooted the whole call in how do we preach Jesus, a crucified Christ? How is that the, the foundation of everything we preach? And then number two now, now we go into the concept of how do we actually prepare for a sermon? The reason why we focused on these two things primarily is because we wanted the foundation of what we do to be, one, to be Christ, but number two, seeking God and that his presence and for him to clean our hearts and for him to prepare us. We could easily go in and say, all right, this is how we write an introduction. This is how we write a a body. This is how we write a conclusion. But we wanted to start with the foundation of everything. Knowing what we're going to preach, which is a crucified Savior, and everything in the Bible points back to Christ crucified and Christ dying for us and God's love. But number two is that journey of how do we actually prepare ourselves before we try to preach the word of God? So one of, one of those things is, all right, we have to study. Now we come to God because we need our help. But the question is now, what do we do when we actually come to God? And now we wanna talk about coming to God in repentance and asking God to clean our hearts before we even attempt to write a message or go out there and preach to others. And this brings me to the concept, and I'm going to share my screen again. This brings me to the concepts of Psalm 51. And this is like really a blessing because as we look into this, when we look at Psalms 51, we see that it's uh, uh, David is speaking and David is coming to God in repentance. And he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, mm-hmm. and, re- and renew a right spirit before within me. And when we look up the word create, absolutely to create, to cut down, to select, to feed, to shape. And when you look up where the word create is, it brings you right back to creation. It brings you right back to creation. So literally, God, David is going to God saying, Create in me a clean heart. Renew the right spirit within me. And it's basically saying, David is saying to God, I know that I have no power myself to do this. I have no power myself to clean my heart. I need a divine power to do this for me. You know, and so when we go to prepare a sermon, one of the most important things that we could do is come before God in true repentance. asking Asking God to clean our hearts. Because we are, we are not qualified to even go out there and deliver his message. But mm-hmm. with his help, with his Holy Spirit, we know that he could continue to empower us to deliver a message. What, Amen. Are, you, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts?
2: Amen on that. Everything that been saying is good. Uh, I just want to add, like, you know... Humble yourself. You put yourself down. You, it all the, you know, like you know, like we flesh and bone. We, ask God, you, to, to, you know, like you nothing. You nothing. It just was going to use you. You as the spirit of God to use you to use you. And at this time when you put yourself like that humble. And then the Spirit of God will, you know, come up and then erase everything that, you know, wearing all the dirt on you. And then at this time, you will be able to deliver what he wants you to do. Because sometimes when you're about to say something, even you prepare it and then you hear something else come up, something else come up. Sometimes people report discernment, but discernment is that like when you stand on the puppet, like everything changed or the subject changed. What happened? What's going on? You know, you let it go. You let go. You just say what the Spirit of God tell you to, to say. That's what I, you know, I will say from my experience.
0: Amen. Amen. Any other thoughts?
6: Um. So, like, this brings me back to the Sabbath school. How, like, um, how then affects our devotional. And this goes with the way we structure our sermon as well and the way we prepare it. Because if you don't come before the Lord to clean your heart, the way you're going to put your sermon is the way, um, the way you want, like, the way it's shaped by the world. It's not shaped by the way God wants the sermon to be delivered. And so you're going to, it's gonna come to an error, I guess you could say, and it's not gonna be a a Holy Spirit filled kind of sermon, I would say.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Wow, wow. Any other, thank you so much, Amethyst. Any, Any other concepts or thoughts? Okay, let's continue to move forward. So now we we look at the word heart, creating me a clean heart. Heart also used figuratively, widely for feelings and will even intellect, likewise for the center of anything. So when we're coming to God and saying to God, creating me a new heart, we're asking him to let our feelings be influenced by his spirit. Let the will of God work through us, Change, clean my intellect. Clean the way that I look at the, the word. Clean the way that I, because I, I, if you have one person study Psalms 5110, they may get a whole different interpretation than somebody else, depending on their age, depending on their experiences, depending on what they've been through in life. Like the way that a doctor or a nurse um, looks at this scripture may be different than uh, somebody in elementary school or somebody in high school. So we're asking God, give me the intellect influence my intellect, influence, come in the midst of me, come into my heart, give me the knowledge, give me the thinking, let me reflect on this scripture with with your wisdom, you know, bring, bring, create in me a clean heart, work in my conscience, you know, bless my appetites, bless my emotions, come over my passions, give me the courage to say what I need to say. And then we go to the part where it says renew make a new repair, create in me, do your, and that's what God wants to do. When we come to him in true repentance, God is saying, I'm going to create in you a new heart. I'm going to rebuild the right spirit within you. I'm going to give you the power to go out there and preach. Okay. When we look at the word, right, it's, it's, it's to be established. It's for God to prepare It's for God to render. To make us prosperous because he's going to fill us with our spirit and our word. And before we practice concepts and this is what you do when you write the main point. This is what you this is the foundation of everything because you have many times when you will have people who have the great sermons and they know how to preach and they know how to woo the crowd and get applause. But they don't have that Holy Spirit power before them. And it can be because the preparation for the sermon was not rooted in bathed in prayer and repentance and coming before God humbly So so this is why we're focusing on this This is why this is so important because you don't want to go up there and preach and go up there empty You don't want to go up there off of your own fumes You want to go up there preaching off of the spirit of God filling you with everything because without that spirit, you could prepare a sermon for a month. You could have all the eloquent words. You could be logical. You can you can make people laugh. But that doesn't mean that the spirit will go in and move their hearts. It could be an empty sermon. So this is why we're having this conversation now to say, what is the importance of going and seeking a pure heart before God? We find we find this in the Adam Clark Bible commentary. It says, create me a clean heart. Mending will not avail. My heart is altogether corrupted. It must be made new, made as it was in the beginning. This is exactly the sentiment. Neither circumcision avail it, anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation and the salvation given under the gospel dispension is called a being created anew in Christ Jesus. So it's just showing that God is trying to bring us right back to creation before sin when it comes to creating us a pure heart. Create a right spirit within me, all right? Albert Barnes, he made notes. He said, create me a clean heart, O God. The word rendered create is a word which properly employed to denote an act of creation. That is causing something to exist Where there was nothing before It is the word which is used in Genesis 1-1 In the beginning God created The heaven and the earth Which is commonly used to express The act of creation It is here evidently In the sense of causing that to exist Which does not exist before And there is clearly a recognition of the divine power Or a feeling on the part of David That this could not This could be done by God alone The idea is, however, not that a new substance might be brought into being to which the name a clean heart must be given, but he might have a clean heart, that his heart might be made pure, that his affections and feelings might be made right, that he might have what he was conscious that he did not now possess, a clean or pure heart. This, he felt, could be produced only by the power of God, and the passage therefore proves that It is a doctrine of the old Testament as it is a new that the human heart is changed only by a divine agency. So this is just showing why, like, why is this important? When we go before we prepare a sermon, the one of the most important things that we could do is bow on our knees before God and ask him, please create in me a clean heart. Because with that, that's just opening the door for God to be able to work through us and and preach with the Holy Spirit power to go up there and preach and to know that you have a message coming, not from you, but a message coming from God, a message coming from God. Any, any comments? Anybody has any comments or anything on their minds that they would love to share? OK, great. Yeah, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Hello. Yes.
7: Yeah. Um, I think what you said is absolutely um, true. Um, you know, most of the time as um, preachers and ministers of the gospel, um, sometimes we go up there and then we we neglect that it is a Holy Spirit that can um, use us to inspire others, you know. Yes, we prepare the sermon, but guess what? We do it without the Holy Spirit. Why? Because uh, we want the applause from them. So I think that is a mistake that um, most like preachers they do you know they just sit down and because they do all the homiletics and Jesus and all of that, they just prepare a sermon in less than five minutes, you know, and they are ready, forgetting to know that there is there is someone that can um Use them more than that, you know. So, um, again, it's very much important for us to to know the Holy Spirit and also allow him to lead us whenever we preach sermon or else we'll be speaking um, um, something that is of ourselves, which is wrong. Mm -hmm. So that's my take.
0: Well, thank you so much, my brother, Prince Charles. Uh, I appreciate that because, you know, we 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 could get hit with a concept And I I have been there before where you get a concept in your mind that's like, oh, if I preach this, oh, this is going to be good. This is a great sermon point. Wow, this is good. And you could get go into the temptation of just jumping into your Bible and then just making the sermon points and then putting something together that, you know, connects or sounds good or you found a great connection. But you rob you. you, You're like stealing from yourself the opportunity when we are not going before God and humbly asking him. God, I have this concept, but create in me a clean heart. Renew the right spirit within me. Give me your power. If that, if that part of the sermon process is skipped, it's kind of like, I don't know, I, it's, it's, it's missing. It's missing a lot. You know, it's missing a lot. And renew a steadfast spirit within me, along with a new and clean heart. David needed a steadfast spirit to continue in the way of godliness. This expressed a humble reliance upon the Lord. Renew a, a steadfast spirit, or a firm spirit, firm for God, able to resist the devil, steadfast in the faith, and to abide constant in the way that is called holy. A steadfast spirit is needful in order to keep a cleansed, clean heart. And on the other hand, when by cl- cl- cleanness of heart, a man is freed from the, from the rebellious desires and the weakening influence of sin, his spirit would be steadfast. So now we see that, he, we, we, we see the importance of going and seeking God, praying for mercy. This is all that Psalms 51 prayer repentance, asking God to have mercy on me according to your loving kindness. And then now I want to go to Melissa, Naomi. She's from Canada, a friend from Canada, because I just reached out to some friends that I know that preach all the time and they were able to share real influences with me. And they said, I constantly have to remind myself that God works through me and for me all at once. So sometimes I will have to speak on something I am struggling with And I soon realize he's working on me in the process of preparing the word for his people. I wrestle with him on the point because I know I can't preach a message when I'm not living, a living example of it. I plead, I cry sometimes, I tell him I can't do it. Then I'm reminded by his word to behold the lamb of God. When I look within, I will sink. But if I keep focus, I will overcome. When I get up there to speak, there is a peace and understanding that comes upon me. Then I came out victorious, not just by the words I am speaking, but by the life I am living. And I know by faith he will move upon the hearts of men because the power within will diffuse outwardly. I am amazed by God's works through and for his people all at the same time, a humbling experience. So now we just want to open up the floor and I want to talk about authenticity. You know, we should... What's the importance of only preaching the things that we live out? Why is that important?
5: I just want to say um, amen to that last statement. That was just beautiful how she put it. I just think that um, authenticity is so important because people want to resonate with you. They want to feel like, you know, it's something like you're being genuine when you come to them and you're really like sincere about like the growth that they can have when you're preaching to them. So I think that is really important for it to be like, I have a story, like this is my story and here's how I've overcome and you can do it too through God, you know, and so... Yeah.
6: Mm, for me i would say if if you are not if you are just preaching and not living what you're preaching it's when you create your sermon like this is what i think when you start to create your sermon you would end up um making a sermon of like oh what you shouldn't do you shouldn't do this or you should do this and that and that rather than presenting The love of Christ and the grace and mercy that He has done for you. Because if you're not living it, you won't be able to really like see it, you know what I mean? Something like that.
0: Okay. Any other thoughts when it comes to authenticity?
1: I have some, uh, Christopher. I feel that when whenever you're authentic, people can um, relate to you better. I think a lot of times, you know, as ministers, we can have this perfect persona, like, oh, I'm the minister, so I'm perfect. A lot of people kind of look at us that way, like, oh, they must have it all together. Um, but I think authenticity shows like, hey, you know, we've we've made mistakes. We have issues that we've gone through in the past. It, it and whenever I've been transparent or vulnerable, whenever I've ministered it, it ultimately leads other people to say, wow, you know, I can be vulnerable too. It's leading from the front, I believe, of, you know, you're authentic, you're vulnerable, you're saying, man, this is what I've come through. This is kind of my past struggles. It allows people to open up and it, it provides a place of safety because you've created a safe space, a safe environment for them to be transparent and authentic as well. So I think it's kind of, a it it goes ahead of the people you're, you're managing to to let them know it's okay to open up. Also,
0: you know, for me, um, I, I agree with Matthew so much. For me, being authentic has led me to rely on God my, for everything in my life because I cannot go and preach something that I don't live. Like, how could I preach something I don't live? It, it, it's 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 crazy. It would be crazy. Like to preach a sermon on that everybody should pay tithe. But when I get paid, I don't pay tithe or something like that. Or, or preach a a sermon on adultery. And it's like all these things, like knowing how powerful it is when we're preaching the word of God, how much of a responsibility we have when preaching about the word of God that empowers us. And the Holy spirit convicts our heart to say, Walk with me. Let me live through you. Let me work through you. Let me abide with you so that you can preach what you live, you know? And and that's when it comes to authenticity. Jared Bowling, he shared the need to humble oneself to be as Christ as possible and in tune with the spirit, fast, deep prayers, deep studies, deep thoughts away from distractions. Postrate yourself during prayer. Kayla, go to a quiet place and clear my mind of distractions. Make sure I'm in a space and take some and take some time to journal where I feel my heart is and invite the Holy Spirit. Space and let him lead. So now when we when we're talking about the actual, like we're still talking about the preparing our hearts for the sermon. There's times when you, like, I just started journaling. Does anybody else journal here?
7: Absolutely.
0: Amen. Amen. So um, I'm going to turn on my camera. I don't know if you guys are going to be able to see me because of my connection. But I was able to get these little books in in Mexico for about 50 cents. I'm going to probably try to buy like 20 to 50 of them before I leave. But I've been journaling In the morning and the night. And it's a it's a blessing because I just start the letter like this, dear Heavenly Father. And I literally just write a letter to God. And it just allows me to get my thoughts out. But I never really I would always make notes, but I never journaled when it came to actually planning a sermon. I always journal on my computer or something, but to physically take a little book and to journal it out, I think that's a concept that I wanted to share with you guys that I something so simple that I haven't applied to if we're ever going to prepare a sermon especially if we have a week or two weeks to prepare for that what would the process be like to journal about that concept or about the sermon points or how that actual message applies to us you know what are your thoughts on that what could be the benefits of journaling when it comes to preparing a sermon
4: I think for me journaling, hi everyone. I think for me journaling is so, is so unique because it provides perspective and it puts you in a position where you're able to understand that I am the child and he is my father. And if we understand that we're receiving every single thing from his heavenly hand, then as I journal, for example, I am able as a kid to pour out every single thing that I need to my heavenly father. So whether it's insight into what I'm going to speak about, whether it's a perspective on the target audience, because there's not, you know, I'm not sure if you're speaking in front of, let's say an older, an an older adult crowd or a church or a congregation that may be, you know, a little older, a little you know, more traditional in their thinking or a congregation that's a little bit more, you know, forward thinking and progressive, all of those things provide perspective. And I think for me, as you journal, you're also able to hone into how God is asking or what he's requiring of you. And there are things that, that you may not be able to see that he already sees ahead And as you're writing and you're, you know, you're giving your thoughts to him, he is now imputing all of the knowledge that he has to give to you as you share, you know, together.
0: Amen. 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 I love that. Amen. Thank you, Abigail. Yeah, but God knows who you're going to be preaching to. God knows their struggles. God knows exactly what they're going through. So you're there and, and you humbly come to God and you surrender to God and you, and you start journaling with God, sharing ideas and the ideas are coming to you. The Holy Spirit is filling your mind. This is the foundation of when we prepare a sermon. This is the foundation. Many, many times we will try to come up with these concepts. All right, you need to do this. You need to do this route. You need to do that. But the greatest thing we could do before we start the, the sermon process, even before we break down the scripture, is come before God and open up our thoughts and share that time with him. Prince Charles, Charles, you want to say something? Yeah.
7: As Abigail rightly said, so true. And I don't know if you've ever noticed it, that anytime um, the Lord ministers to you on a particular subject and you don't write that down, guess what? You forget immediately. It Mm -hmm. has happened to me, you know, several times. And I'm like, gosh, and, you know, it's like you are lost. So the best thing is, whenever um, he starts speaking to you, you pen them down, and then he flows with you. But if you if you tell yourself that you know what, I'm going to write this later, guess what will happen? You will forget everything, and it has happened to me several times. This is just a uh, I don't know a confession, you know. So this is just to set me um, on track. You know that anytime, um, anytime, Lord speaks to me. I immediately write them down, you know, and it helps a lot.
0: Amen. 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 All right. And we're going to talk about, about probably go through a few more slides right now, and then we will get ready to close the call. Okay. So this is from Michael Sir. I believe he's a pastor. He says, I start by asking the Lord what his people need to hear. That includes me. Then I search, with intent for hidden treasure in God's word. All the while, God is telling me what is wrong with me when I'm reading the scriptures and searching. For me, it is a struggle every week, even to put together the sermon. And I think God has designed it that way in my life because he doesn't want me to become overconfident or have a prideful heart. It, it's constant agonizing with God. Then boom, a ray of light. By then, God has broken me down and rebuilt me and I am ready to stand before his people. Sometimes it's a little different, but that is rare. So, so here Michael is talking about the fact that he has to preach on a weekly basis. But when he goes to search the scriptures, he's asking God to, to reveal to him. And all the while God is telling him what's wrong with him. And then after that, he is, he's he's basically looking at the concept of the fact that he has to struggle every week. As his way that God is keeping him from a prideful heart. Him knowing that he has to rely on God. So now we have James 4.10. Does anybody have a Bible with them where they could read James 4.10? Or does anybody know it by heart? James 4.10 as we come to a close. James 4.10.
3: Okay,
7: James four ten. Can I read? Yes. Okay, James four ten says, um, "Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up." Amen.
0: Amen. So this is what it's saying. When when we look at when we look at the fact that God uses earthly vessels, God uses the the foolishness of preaching. We know that from First Corinthians from eighteen First Corinthians one eighteen to twenty one. God uses the foolishness of preaching and uses us who are sinful human beings to preach his word. But James 4.10 says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. So God will lift you up when it comes to preaching. God will use you to baptize and bring people to the kingdom of heaven. But the most important thing is when we look at the word humble in James 4.10, it means of one's soul to bring down one's pride. To have a modest opinion of oneself, to behave in an, in an unassuring manner, devoid of all haughtiness, to know, just like my sister said earlier, when we come before God, we are nothing. We are nothing. We are not worthy to preach his word. All right. So during this process, just think about that when you're preparing your sermons. All right. You may have to detox. You may have to shut off social media. You may have to su- shut off the news, Instagram. You ne- you may need to go with your journal and go with God in a, your secret place because we know that Psalms 91 says if you abide in the secret place, You'll be under the shadow of the almighty. So we need that. We need to be in the secret place with God. We need to detox our mind from social media. We need to detox from the WhatsApp, from the text messages. We need to be in that alone space with God so that we could stay diligent in his word and we could receive that message that God wants for us, for his people. Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it, it are the issues of life. All right, and remember the and remember the 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 scripture Jeremiah 29 13 And you shall seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart So as we think about how do we prepare our hearts for a sermon? Why is this significant It's because this is the journey. That's the, the foundation of the sermon preparing your heart to preach Seek God during this time. Know that it doesn't come from us. Know that it's a divine nature. And that's how we will be blessed. I'm going to show you guys a preview of next week. Of next week's uh, class, group, whatever you would like to call it. Okay, this is it. I'm sharing it, everybody. This is for next week. It is, we will be learning how to break down scripture. So we'll be talking about breaking down the text that will be for next week, six, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. So I thank everybody for joining now. Um, this will be next week. We'll be talking about breaking down the text for the sermon again um, at org slash groups. That's where you find out about the groups that many groups going on, many beautiful, amazing groups. There's also uh, photo, I believe photo group that's going on, and then Also check out the website for during the week. There's some amazing devotionals going on Monday through Friday, and um, I've I've joined there. It's a blessing, so I, I definitely wanted life life photo story group life photo story group. Please support that. That's by my brother Jason Klein, and just support AYP overall. You know, it's a great network, Adventist Young Professionals. I don't know how many professionals are on the call right now, but it's a beautiful network that is from New York all the way to L.A. worldwide. And, and you join the network. It's a network of young professionals. Um, there's nothing like it right now, and it's brand new, and I love the concept. And you join in, and you're a part of this network of professionals all around the world who are Venice. So go sign up, join Go follow them on Facebook, and they have so much stuff that are going on, so many plans in the future, and just build with with us and grow with us. And I just want to thank everybody for being on the call today. In these last few moments, is there any prayer request? Is there any prayer request, please, any prayer request? You uh, want
7: God's perfect will uh, in our lives mm-hmm. Or in my life Amen And to heal the world Okay,
0: amen, amen Any more? About to pray Any more prayer requests before we pray? Let's see, if you want to put it in the chat Wisdom, okay, thank you Matthew They will be focused on God Amen, that will be focused on God if you want to type in the chat, feel free to type it in the chat. Again, I want to thank everybody, Max. Max, thank you for joining. Amethyst, Fasu, Tim, Timothy, Don, thank you for your help and your and your input. Musa, thank you for joining. Abigail Julian from New York. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I appreciate you so much. Prince Charles, thank you for your feedback. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this moment to talk about humbling our hearts before you so that we can preach. Father, I pray that you will create in us a clean heart. Renew the right spirit within us. Father, we are nothing, but you are everything. So thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for molding us like a potter molds his clay. I pray that you would just continue to fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your grace, fill us with your mercy so we can love those around us. And for those we have to preach to, uh, Father, I pray that you give us the sermons of hope, the sermons of love, because every day we preach a sermon through our characters. Every day we preach a sermon through our actions, through our words, through the little things we say. And sometimes our sermons are silent. So please, Father, let all those sermons that we preach every day represent you. Father, let us walk with you every moment of the day. Let us walk with you when we are around crowds and let us walk with you when we are alone. Let us be filled with your spirit every moment of our life. And I pray that you continue to bless AYP. You you, you continue to help us do everything we do for your honor and your glory to lift up Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 amen.